Well, hey everyone, and welcome to the drive. Again, I'm still in a truck that a friend of mine, a family of ours, you know, that we know, uh, let me borrow. So um, I still have my recorder, but now I'm, I'm trying my phone as I'm driving to work here on, uh, what day is it? Friday. It is Friday. Christmas is next Wednesday. Pretty insane how fast time goes. But um, I hope you're doing well. And <coughs> excuse me, we've been talking about <clears throat> uh, people, plans, prophecies, all these things surrounding the uh, the birth of Jesus. And uh, something I want to kind of hone in on today. Again, there's no systematic order to this. It's kind of like what's on my heart. I explain and talk about, but. Um, again, Isaiah 9-6 and John 3-16 this season have really sort of dominated my, my mind and my heart. Um, and uh, last time we talked about a little bit of nine, uh, Isaiah 9-6, but this time I want to talk about the fact that he's wonderful. Jesus would be wonderful, as written in Isaiah, uh, between seven and 800 years before Jesus was born. And I think that's important. And this is one thing that struck me and sort of helped me and, and uh, in a sense, like, uh, re-energized me, rejuvenated me. The fact that I need to see Jesus as amazing. Like, I should look to him and be in complete and utter awe of who he is, of what he's done. I should be in complete and utter awe of his birth. And all the events surrounding it, the fact that God was protecting and uh, uh, being with the family. And he lined up all the circumstances in that whole situation. And, and that's the thing. I, I always go back to this book I, I read by Paul Tripp. And it was about being in awe of Jesus being in awe and he said our culture our society the reason why the church is asleep is because we have an awe problem awe we're not in awe of God anymore we're not astounded at him we don't fear him anymore we're not like wow he is amazing but instead it's almost like you know Jesus and spiritual things are sort of normalized right there along with the natural Rather than seeing things in the supernatural, miraculous realm, instead it's just become common. And that's sort of the problem with cultural Christianity, you know? Cultural Christianity is like, yeah, it's just something I do. It's not really about your heart drawing near to God as He draws near to you. It's not really about uh, the spiritual and going deeper with the Lord. You know, like Spurgeon said, the Bible, it... it deepens and widens, uh, widens as the years go by. You go deeper. You never get to a point where you're like, I have made it, I know it all. Never. Not even close. But that's the thing. We just need to stand in awe, in reverence, and honor the Lord, Jesus. I mean, he's our king. Yes, he's a servant. That's an amazing example. He washed feet. I mean, he served people. He spread truth. But he's also our king. If you read the Gospel of Matthew, you see that that gospel really centers around the fact that Jesus 
is the king, the king of the Jews, the one who they were expecting, who they were waiting for, the one that Isaiah 53 was prophesied about. He's our king. And I'm not, guys, I'm not just talking at you, I'm talking with you because I need to be reminded of this too. Because as we go through our Christian life, we kind of go through the rote routines, the repetitions of just reading the Bible, praying, Heavenly Father, thank you for today, thank you for the meal. Amen. And we kind of just read the word, go, that was a good chapter. And then we go about our day. It becomes rote. And, And I think as humans, we're all guilty of this. So to get back to the place where it's like, man, God, you're good. You're amazing. And to be just astonished and amazed at what God has done. Be astonished and amazed at the events that surrounded the birth of Jesus. Be astonished that even the unbelieving wise men came to play uh, or pay homage to Jesus as God led them by a star. As the Lord protected Jesus from Herod, who had everyone, every little baby boy killed two years and younger because he felt threatened and jealous of the fact that there'd be another king besides himself. See, all of these things, I mean, we should look at it and go, wow. I'm in awe. I am in complete awe. I don't want my Christian life to become common. I want it to be refreshing and renewed and I want to be rejuvenated and be led by the Spirit. I want revival in my own heart And I think that starts with being in awe of who Jesus is and what he's done for you and for me, for all who call on his name. So he is wonderful. Getting back to Isaiah 9, 6, he is wonderful. Who he is, is wonderful. And his life should leave us in wonder complete amazement and so when we talk about Jesus it shouldn't be like oh yeah this and that kind of like boring you know it should be like wow can you believe it it's amazing look what he's look what he did read what he said how amazing is he in other words there should be somewhat of a passion behind the words that we speak about the Lord Jesus. Because of who he is, yes. And because of what he's done. Like you've heard the expression, being on fire for the Lord. Like, I want to be on fire for the Lord. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to be on fire. Like, Lord, give me a heart today. Like going to work right now. Give me a heart today to share with someone about the Lord, to to pray with someone, to, to be an ear to listen to someone who's going through it. To encourage someone through your word. I think it's important to have a heart of anticipation when it comes to following Jesus. I think it's important to have a heart of expectancy because God is wonderful and he wants to do wonderful things. Mighty things. Things that are beyond our comprehension and beyond our understanding. So instead of limiting God, may we see God as limitless today. May we not even consider the impossible because God wants to do 
and work in great and mighty ways. Well, God bless you guys. Hope you have an amazing Friday and praying for your weekend. Talk to you on Monday.